All right, and welcome back to the uh, DTL podcast. I'm your host with the most and the French toast, Coach Jimmy Neutron of the Boy Geniuses. What's up, Nerd Nation? Today I've got with me Coach JKB. Jesse, how you doing? All right, what's up, Jimmy? You're the Las Vegas Legends now? Is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might need to change that to like the Almost Legends or something. We got to <laughs> downgrade. I got to work my way up to Legend, but. Sure, yeah, yeah. Lost Le- yeah, Las Vegas, decent guys. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like that name. Uh, hey, so we're going to jump into the uh, PNTT coverage uh, for season 20, our fourth annual uh, PT, PNTT. It's really easy to say. I feel like I struggled last season, too. Um, and we're going to start with uh, somewhere a little close to home, the Glover group with my team. Uh, and and we're starting with this group just because of scheduling, uh, <laughs> but also because it's probably the worst group. Uh, and so we'll just knock it out, get our practice in, uh, in podcasting for a group that's that's probably going to be pretty bad. Um, and then later in this podcast, you'll hear us talk about the Nichols group. Uh, you so told me you didn't get Glover's fifth year. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we applied for it, uh, and and K Money, you know, he's the hard nosed man, uh, was denied it. So pretty upset about that, but. Um, it's fine. We thought we were going to potentially get a replacement. We had some really good options. And then, uh, yeah, we broke one, one, one net guy. Who, uh, well, let's just say he's not plus 10. <laughs> uh, all right. So in this group, so once again, the Glover group named after the, uh, the late great Raymond Glover. Sure. Well, I hope he's not dead, but uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we have uh, Rochester, Yuma, Culver City, and Boise. Uh, so we're going to start here with Rochester. So Rochester my uh my team loses the 58-21 class headlined by Raymond Glover and gets the 183-141 class a class with a 1-1 and two walk-ons uh yeah. and they finished yeah. yeah yeah I'm not good with You're... the sound effect button so I just got to do it with my voice sorry no 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 that's good that's good <laughs> I really wish I had the Charlie Brown music that's right yeah yeah and just walk slowly around for all of you um uh rest of development fans but anyway so uh we finished the year as the eighth overall team, and we come into the year as the 110th overall team. So before I go on a long rant about my team, uh, what do you see here uh, with Rochester? So at least you bring back some offense, right? There's a little size, right. there's a little bit of shooting, so you have some components. Um, the, the worst is when you just can't shoot the ball, and then you're scoring 50 points a game, and you just can't mm-hmm. you have a situation like that. So you got Venning and Louis. Venning is a senior. He likes playing point guard. I'm going to assume you're going to keep him there. Maybe you have yep. some options. I don't know. Right. But when you get a guy at point guard who can shoot, not only can you keep games close, but sometimes you can sneak him out at the end when he's controlling the ball in the last couple minutes of the game. So uh, there's ways to win games here. Um, your, your freshman class from last year, again, maybe not supremely ranked, uh, 56 83 but you get a couple of freshman big men who you can rely on being in the low post for years last year they got about 19 rebounds a game combined so that's enough to keep you in that part of the game so you have an active uh, capable team it's just hard to hang your hat on something to go get ntt level wins so that's what we get to see um, who's going to step up when you get to win a, a highly competitive game yep i think you're right i mean and and just to be fully clear so Kenan Venning is really good he's E E E P P G. Oh, come on. And so, yeah. 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 So, the, those triple E's at the front makes for a great point guard, yeah. but he's never been the efficient guy. Like, his true shooting percentage has hovered around in between 50 and 54%. Um, so, he can score, you know, uh, 20, 25 a game for me, but he's still not going to be hyper efficient. Honestly, same with Nicholas Lewis, uh, was a lot more efficient in low doses 
his freshman year, but having to step up last year, um, he wasn't hyper efficient. So, and then we also, I think a big part of that is even lacking hands. We're plus one overall in hands um, with, with Venning and even uh, backup guy Cesar Rodriguez being excellent in hands. So that tells you something about the, the team. rest of the roster. Yeah. Right. Right. And so we are a team who I think is like going to be decent in the PTT, um, and honestly, we could even win this group in the PNTT. We'll talk about that here in a bit. But uh, it's not a team that has, a, has any star power and also lacks a lot of depth, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think every one of my starters are going to have to be set at less more. And, and the scary thing is I don't even know who those five starters are going to be. So, Got it. Yep, yep. Let's go ahead and jump over to Yuma. So Yuma, coached by Coach Cheese who we heard from yesterday and the favorite deputy, they lose the 41, 48 class and gain the 186, 185 class. So very similar to what happened to us. They go from 49th, uh, finishing 49th last year to 194th to start the year. Uh, and I will say they started uh, the year pretty lowly last year uh, and then figured some things out, but they also lose three starters and their past first point guard and, uh, Nicholas Timmerman, who's having 11.3 assists per game. But uh, I, I won't talk too much. I'll let you talk about what you see with this team. No, that's exactly what I focus on. Um, three senior starters. The other two guys, you don't really know what they were doing. Ethan Reese is a sophomore. Well, he's a junior now. Ethan Reese is the focal point of the team. Scores 24 points a game as a starter. Maybe they find a guy like uh, sophomore Anthony Berkowitz. Maybe he comes off the bench to start and, and add some scoring as well. But really, this team is a couple of scores. And I don't think they really do anything else. I don't think their big guys look very tough. Uh, they don't have anyone else who really handles. It, it feels like last year's team succeeded. And they did succeed. They were a top 50 team at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. They succeeded off of this Timmerman to Reese combination. Now, if you take out Timmerman, who, again, you said 11.3 assists per game. Amazing. Now, was he helping Reese or can Reese go get his own shot? You know, I didn't see a lot of tape. Right. I, I wasn't on the film a lot. So maybe Reese can get his own shots and they're just going to be the same team they were last year. If they go 15 and nine and they get top 50 again, then that's a successful season, especially considering that recruiting mm -hmm. class like you were talking about. So um, right. now I've, I have struggled in this new game and this new era of DTL. What, what is the point of the pass? I know ages and ages ago, I knew what the pass was worth. And even if a guy only got five assists per game, you could see the impact on your team. I don't know that the assist even has any more impact these days or guys just get handed assists for, for breathing out there, for touching the ball. Um, this is going to be a good experiment for me to see. With, without Timmerman, is Reese just going to be great? And is Berkowitz going to come off the bench and score 15 and be fine? Maybe this is a learning right. experience for me. I can't predict what they're going to do. I, I I need to see what happens. Yeah, I th I think those are great points. I okay. This this is inside, not inside baseball. I guess sure. uh, everyone who's on the pod or the message boards probably has seen this. But just to remind people, uh, so not this weekend, but next weekend after our um, three uh, exhibition games, yeah. uh, K Money is going to be putting in the patch that limits the one scoring or the one sh one person show and so you look at this team and it's set up perfectly for ethan reese to eat right sure. um you got a little bit of production out of matthew moore and, and anthony berkowitz like you said like 20 points from the shooting guard position when you combine those two but you really look at and it really everything flows through ethan reese getting 20 shots a mm -hmm. game and i wonder if the patch 
actually is going to limit uh, Yuma's upside here. Right. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna have star power, but they don't have uh, great depth. Honestly, like Guillermo Gatti isn't super highly ranked. Same with Thomas O'Neill. Um, but Gatti, I guess, only played four games. Um, but both of them, they're they're not super highly ranked, but they're they're like potentially usable because they're six ten, six eleven. But I think you're right. George Sexton is pretty decent, five point four assists, fifteen point six points, but. He's probably a low, like a good minus or a fair shooter, um, just because of the fifty percent true shooting, forty percent field goals, pretty and bad. His defense, uh, right, yeah. his defense too. He, he almost yeah, doesn't yeah. even run back. I don't think. Right, right, and so you think about like if he's going to have to start point for them and can't play defense, and then all of my scoring is going to run yeah. through the point guard, shooting guard. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to beat us, and then you look even at like what Boise's going to be doing. They run a lot of their offense through the point guard. Culver City um, does not. They run it through the power forward who they graduated. We'll talk about them, but uh, they'll be interesting because they're going to struggle on offense. And so it do, it just looks like Yuma's going to have a hard time finding wins, and then you get that number two schedule. Um, they play some pretty decent teams in Erie, Reno, and Billings in their out-of-commerce game. So I, I think that this is going to be a hard road for Yuma. I, I agree. I agree. Yep. All right. Let's jump over to Boise. So Boise, or sorry, let's do Culver City because they're the three seed. So Culver City graduates the 167 class or 167, 130 class and brings in a 155, 161 class. So not a lot of change. And then they finish the year 78th uh, and coming into the year 83rd. So once again, not a bunch of change coached by coach D Crusoe. Um, what do you see with uh, Boise or sorry, <laughs> Culver City here? coach? So we've just been talking about some teams who have successful returning scores. Uh, this is the first team that won't have that. Culver City, they lost their big score. Bryce Weiss was at power forward, putting up 19 points a game. Also 12 rebounds and 2.4 blocks. We're taking all that out of the lineup. We're not really adding anyone who's going to contribute. They, they, they have a freshman who got 12 rebounds a game, so maybe he can rebound, but he's not going to score. So now you got to look at who they're bringing back to score. They will probably put out the scoring – they might put out a scoring point guard, right? Their their bench guard from last year, Deshaun Schroeder, was their second was their next best shooter. He might yeah, have been their best crazy. overall shooter, but uh, you know he was he was locked up on the bench. But if he comes right. in and and is their other score, um, now you're talking about trouble for for Yuma, right? Because that's another scoring point guard they have to deal with. But boy, this team looks thin. Uh, they they have a highly ranked junior class, right? Aren't they twelve seven? Yeah, yep. so, so yep. nearly a top 10. I guess you could call that a top 10 junior class. And that gives them their center, and they haven't really ever started anyone else from that junior class. So now we have to sit around and say, what are these guys? Oh, no, no, I, I had it backwards. Yeah, you right, they have right. Jacob Frederick I... and Nicholas Light. Again, guys who shoot a little and pass a little and play defense a little. Um, boy, they need somebody to step up and take over, right? They need somebody to get 18, 19, 20 points a game. And and nobody looks like they're ready to do that. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, their their best class is a glass class. Uh, it reminds me of Blacksburg's 1-1 senior class, where it's like a bunch of guys who are um, like really good glue guys. Mm-hmm. But then even Blacksburg has Luke Fry, yeah. right? But then you look at that, yeah, that, that sophomore – or previously sophomore that junior class um they i I mean they are they have to be good players but one of them is in aid in a 12-7 class 
Uh, it's just yeah. a, one of those classes that I think is like pr- fairly overrated. Um, and this team is just really going to f- struggle to find scoring. I mean, even their uh, leading scorer last year in Bryce Wise um, was, had a 46.6 true shooting percentage. And so they, they seem to have a bunch of fair shooters who are probably pretty good defenders and pretty good passers. And if you look at their, um, which usually yeah. get, if you look at their team stats, you'll, you'll see they don't really separate themselves from the, the other team in, in any category. They have less, uh, less blocks, a couple more, you know, one extra steal, basically even on the true shooting percentage, little edge on the rebounds. And that, that got them to a 14 and 10 record last year. Uh, again, featuring two right. of these guys starting and a really good senior score. So take out the senior score and I don't see where they have an advantage against anyone else. Right, right. Yep, I hundred percent agree. And, and you look at team like we we return scores. Um, Yuma return scores. I, I think that even if uh, Culver City can slow teams down offensively, like they can't match it. They're like the Bears. <laughs> you know, the, if you watch football, or you know these teams that uh, have like these elite defenses and just cannot figure. Yeah, it out they're always trying to win them. twelve to ten on field goals, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and it's not working out as of recently. All right, let's jump to what I think. So they come in as the four seed, but I think that they're the favorites to win this uh, region. So we have the Boise Potato Sacks, coached by uh, – this is coached by Coach D. Crusoe. I mix up the other two. Uh, Culver City's Coach K-Mac, my bad. Uh, so Boise loses the 208-171 class uh, and brings in the 3475 class. They finished the year 84th last year and come into the year 33rd. Uh, and so pretty significant jumps in both of those areas. What do you see here with, uh, with I see five returning starters and two of them were 20 point per game guys. Um, you get that, right. you get a point guard in Josh Stiegel. So, you know, that's going to be a win over a team like Yuma, well, presumably. Um, yeah, they have a stable team. Three of their guys get over four assists per game in that starting lineup. So they all kind of work together and contribute. Um, you might say they're a little soft underneath. They had a rebounding edge, but a lot of that had to do with the, uh, well, because they were they were down a tournament. What tournament were they in last? No, they got into the NTT last year. They just got blown out. They, they just got blown out in in yep. almost every game. It looks like they went one in five in the NTT, something like that. So, right, right, boy, I I like them because they they have the offense and they have the consistency from last year. Um, they've added pieces, so you know they have depth as well. So you, you know you don't have to do the tricks like a lot of less more substitutions. Right. But do you think they're winners yet? Are they winners? I don't know. I mean, so they add Logan Graber, who I think looks like a, a really, really good player uh, that you slot into the small forward position. He's not going to get a lot of turnovers, so he probably has fair hands and good intelligence yeah. or something, but scored 21 points a game on 59% true shooting, uh, slotting him into their small forward position uh, where they weren't getting a ton of production from Christopher Hawks makes him a little taller and gives him uh, three, even four uh, scoring options with Bryant Burton scoring 14 a game fairly efficiently. I think that they are like the antithesis. Yeah, yeah they'll run it up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to run up some scores, um, but they like their guards really struggled on offense last year. Uh, Joshua Siegel's only getting 0.3 steals per game. Colin Jenkins uh, is getting 0.6 uh, steals per game. And so they're not causing a lot of turnovers. Uh, they're not stopping teams. They allowed a, uh, a better true shooting percentage than what they even put up as a fairly efficient team last year. And so a lot of that comes from being in conference 21 uh, and a pretty D 
decent conference, but, uh, but even still, uh, I think that this team can run it up. It isn't going to stop very many people. Hey, so. And you know, the real example of that is Brian Burton, their, their center. You talked about him. He's a decent little scorer. Uh, he was almost blocking three blocks a game in, uh, in high school, but he's been dropping off in, in college. He had uh, as a sophomore, he had 1.9 blocks and then it dropped to 1.3 blocks a game last year. Like, they don't even right. – you're right. They don't think about defense. They're really just sort of focused on getting their their own buckets. Yeah, yep. Really seems like that's the case. Um, so it's an interesting region. I feel like you have Rochester and Yuma who are kind of balanced, like decent defensively and mm-hmm. offensively. Uh, you have Culver City who's terrible at offense, good at defense, and then Boise who's really good at offense but terrible at defense. And so – while I think it's a bad region, I think it's a fairly interesting one. Uh, let's talk about players to watch before we talk about what we think is going to happen. So who are some of your players to watch in this region? Yeah, I, I, I would focus on point guards anyways, but it's really easy to just keep my eye on the point guard position here with Venning and uh, Boise's Josh Stiegel. Uh, both of them are coming yeah. off of these 20-point-per-game seasons, and, and they're both pass as well. Stiegel's almost six assists per game. Venning kicked out four assists a game. So uh, the point guard play, I think, decides most of these games. Yep, I think you're right. You look at then Ethan Reese, who it's going to be interesting to see how the patch affects things and if he's going to be able to take over for Yuma and if George Sexton can actually jump into that um, that uh, point guard position. And then, yeah, I, for, for Culver City, it's hard for me to pick out a guy to watch, you know. Yeah, uh, it's just Deshaun Schroeder step into the – starting lineup now that they're lacking offense and you have to put Michael Green on the bench. Um, does that, that uh, 12-7 junior class in Frederick and Light, are they able to step it up at all offensively? It doesn't actually – it doesn't really seem yeah, like they I mean, can. I think Frederick's um, the better rounded of all of them. I'm going to pick Jacob Frederick. Uh, maybe he can step up. You know, he was he was the second leading scorer at 12 points a game last year. He's a six eight shooting guard if he's right. at the same position right. with good hands and good defense. If, if he can find a way to score more efficiently then – yeah, he, he can be a difference maker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. Yep. Um, all right, let's see. Let's talk about how we think that this is going to play out. So what are your predictions for this region? Again, on the backs of strong point guard play, I think it's Rochester and Boise, and I think the game between you guys is going to be the one that decides it. Unfortunately, we have to deal with that game up first, right? Nobody, first, nobody gets right, any yep. warm-ups. Nobody knows what their lineup really looks like right now, but you guys have to go play for it. Um, I, I think Culver City and Yuma fade back, especially since they have the really tough uh, non-bracket games to deal with. Uh, whatever happens in the first two games, I think they start slipping over the course of the middle of the tournament. And by the end, whatever happens between Rochester and Boise on Monday, that's going to play up as the biggest uh, the biggest factor after six. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and I'll give the edge here to Boise. I just think that they return more certainty. Um, and then got a much better uh, uh, rookie class or sorry, freshman class. And so I think that they're a little bit more stable. Whereas when we lose our leading scorer in uh, mm-hmm. in Raymond Glover, it's like, yeah, we returned four starters. But uh, when that fifth starter is someone who would go, you know, potentially at the 101 in an NBA draft, maybe the 102 or 103 in a pretty loaded senior class we just lost. Um, it, it's hard to know where we're if we're going to be able to find some scoring or like what that's going to look like for us so i'm going to give boise the edge here uh yeah i do i do lean towards your guys um mostly because i think both teams can score i don't think you're going to have a problem scoring with venning and lewis out there and then whoever you patch in is the number three guy but the defense is where you separate yourself 
like we were saying, uh, Boise doesn't really get up and play any kind of defense, but at least your guys put in a good effort, nine blocks, nine steals a game last year. I, I think you'll make a couple key plays in the fourth quarter, and that'll provide a difference. Yeah, that's true. And, and it's interesting to see how a guy like Glover, who is an E defender and then E in both uh, intelligence and athleticism, like how does that affect team defense? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's because it's like, yeah, we returned four starters and we forced a 48% true shooting percentage with the number four strength of schedule. Um, but does like taking out that plus 10 guy in the middle really affect what like Dylan Allen and Zachary White are able to do in the bottom or Keenan Benning. And I don't think it sure. does um, personally. Uh, I think that they're, we're still pretty good defensively. We're starting, you know, at least three excellent uh, nice. defenders, maybe nice. four excellent defenders. So uh, yeah, it'll be a really interesting game. Um, I think between us and it's really just whoever, it might be whoever gets lucky in this first game, you know, putting it together, but cool. Well, so, this uh, is our first region in the Glover group. So we're going to talk in this one uh, about the Glo- or the Nichols group All next. Right. All right, and welcome back. I am your host with the most, and I don't like avocado toast, Coach Jimmy Neutron of the Rochester Board Geniuses. What's up, Nerd Nation? We're still in here. Uh, just finished up the Glover group. Going to talk about the Nichols group. Still me and Coach JB. Jesse, how you doing? Swell. Swell, indeed. Um, so we're going to be talking, like I said, about the Nichols group. This is our bottom group, uh, which is our larger group. So we have St. Cloud, Worcester, Galveston, your team, Vegas, St. Louis, and my conference mate, Morgantown. Uh, we're going to jump in with St. Cloud. Uh, they are the one seed of the region. So the St. Cloud Snow Chiefs, coached by Coach Dex Run 01. Uh, they graduated the 74-98 class and brought in the 74-64 class, so a little bit uh, higher upside, and then they finished the year at 151 last year and come to the year ranked 75th. Uh, so why don't you kick us off with what you see here in St. Cloud? Sure. So the nice thing St. Cloud has going for them is they were a little undersized last year, right? 6'7 at power forward, 6'8 at center. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in a big guy, a seven-footer, who looks like he can do something more than just, you know, get some grades at school. Uh, seven points, 10 rebounds as a high school senior, 3.5 assists, a little bit shy on defense, but frankly, stuff a seven footer in there and that upgrades your team period. Right. I I think that looks good for them. Their point guard that graduated wasn't really a good point guard. He couldn't really shoot. He couldn't really pass. So (laughs) you know, that's not a downgrade for them. They might even be able to upgrade by bringing in a younger person. Uh, Frankly, I'm looking at the roster. I don't know who that's going to be. But, uh, again, I don't think they get worse at point guard. If anything, they just stay level with a bad point guard. Anyways, Dawson Powell is back. He scored 17 points a game last year. He's a typical 6'3 shooting guard, very high shooting percentage. He was money from three-point range, almost 50%. So maybe if they crank up his three-point shooting, uh, that could just benefit the team as a whole. But, yeah, yeah, so they've got got an offensive core to build around with Powell, and then they get a new seven-footer. Whatever they were that last year, they should be a little bit better. That happened to be ranked 151. They might sneak into mm-hmm. the top half of the league now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Here, this is this is for money, or this is for free, Coach. Uh, I moved Dawson Powell to point guard. Okay. Uh, I crank him to 9-9. Yes. Uh, put Perez at shooting guard, David Cox at power four or at small forward, yeah. Frank Limon at power forward, and then you slot in uh, 
Edgar Porter there at the uh, at the five spot, uh, seven foot center, seven points a game, ten rebounds, three three and a half assists. He's not super defensive, but seems like uh, the coach likes to uh, slow the game down, anyways. And then there you go, you have yeah. Dawson Powell potentially scoring, you know, thirty points a game. Uh, and then you're a little bit bigger. I mean, look at this. His starting center last year, Frank Lamone, got 5.6 <laughs> rebounds per game. Oh, like, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, maybe even put him at – Maybe he goes game. down to three. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. yeah, yeah, and put David Cox – keep David Cox there at the four. Um, that, yeah, and that that is a, definitely a function of them slowing it down, um, not really wanting to give teams an, an opportunity and maybe keeping games close – uh, like that, but this team was just barely over 500 last year. I think that they got a lot better uh, with a big guy, and then Ben Tracy can pass a little bit. So I wonder if they go with a six-four point guard there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that this team got a little bit better. So I and, and in the in this group, that's really all you need to do. You know, um, <laughs> they play uh, Montpelier and you guys, and then have a fairly. I mean, they play a bunch of people from this group, so uh, it's a bit of an easier schedule, but. That'll be true for everyone. So let's go ahead and jump over to the other group because we have a bunch of people to talk about this time. So we have the Worcester Ying Yinzers, uh, coached by Coach Wise Guy, uh, team out of Conference 2 that um, graduated the 256-256 class. Would you look at that? <laughs> and then um, and then brought in the 172-171 class. So anything was going to be better, right? right. Uh, they, they finished the year at 186th last year, and then they come in at 149 this year. So what do you see here in Worcester? First of all, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I see here in Worcester. Uh, Worcester. I, I get your I get you're a flyover state kind of guy, but man, I need you to get with this northeast. So it's Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, the whole thing just gets swished together. Uh, yeah, is this where Worcestershire is? <laughs> it's pretty close. You're in the same ballpark, right? You're just going to drop yeah. in the shire at the end. It's yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's where the hobbits in Worcester live, right? <laughs> they all the. Well, I get nothing to say about the team, though. I like Coach Wise guy, and he's recently come back to the game. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a tough, it's a tough O trying to trying to recruit here in League Thirty One, and he found Mm -hmm. out hard way a couple years in a row. Their best class, they get a seventy eight sim hoops for their junior class, so maybe that means guys like Hiddle and Zucker really can be the the focal point of the team. And Davis, I should say, Brian Davis there. Yeah, their shooting guard. He's six two, a little undersized, but scores nineteen points a game. Again, shoots well from inside, outside, and from the free throw line. So they've got they've got a couple guys with talent. They've played a little defense last year's team. They had a couple guys with one point five steals a game. Uh, they're undersized. They didn't bring any big freshmen to compensate for that. So they're going to play undersized again. Um, we're talking about a nine and fifteen team that mm-hmm. that kind of snuck into the RTT team, RTT tournament and i think they're the same kind of team this year yeah yeah i would agree i mean you get a couple dub- or three double digit scorers but i don't think Jaden garrett's going to shoot in college nope. uh with a 47.7 true shooting percentage um and so it, it's they're definitely better than the the 256 256 class where you're NAing two guys um but yep. you're still going to have to fill those two na spots with uh some of these guys and yeah i don't know it, it'll be interesting at least they do return all five starters, um, but they didn't do much last year. I mean, Brian Davis is a really good player. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I This is one one of those instances, again, where Matthew Zucker, I mean, he shot a lot, but he's just not giving you much with the assisted turnover ratio. 
Brian Davis seems to have better hands. I would just put him at point guard and, and crank it up to nine nine again and see what you got. Yeah. Uh, um, so let's move on from uh, Worcester, uh, and we're going to the Galveston Italian Mafia, coached by Coach Statwolf at a conference twenty four. So they lose the twenty six seventy one class, pretty big loss, sure. uh, and bring in the one thirty one fifty two one thirty one class. Uh, they ended, ended last year as the 195th ranked team and come into the year 121st. Uh, so what do you see here in Galveston? Well, you want to just look at their recruiting results and say they get a team that can be in that PTT uh, and, you know, threaten for an NTT bid kind of conversation, but they just haven't put it together. And once again, mm-hmm. back on this size issue, last year their power forward was 6-6, their center was 6-7. Uh, right. just got smashed on the board. They're almost five rebounds per game they lost against other teams. So um, when you can't rebound and you're, you're giving up extra free throws to the opposing team and you barely have a three point shooting game to start with, you don't have anything you can do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this, this team does have more top end talent, right? Yeah. Uh, And so they're playing in, uh, in conference 24, which has some pretty good top end, teams you got san antonio you got arlington i know norman's a pretty uh active coach and so it, it it's not a great conference but a decent conference so you get to play in this uh like lower group which i think they played in the one of the bigger groups last year uh, or harder groups last year and so i think that they have a chance with the talent to at least put it together for these six games yeah you know uh, they lost their top three guys in terms of points per 30 minutes they had two seniors and then they had a senior off the bench Right. Uh, William Fink, who was a decent scorer. So the kind of the best scorer left is Charles Edmonds, who's played backup center last year. Um, his per 30s all look just fine. 13 points, 7.7 rebounds, 58% true shooting. If Charles Edmonds sneaks his way into the lineup, maybe he becomes mm-hmm. a highlight kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. And they do add two guys who scored 17 in 17 a game in high school, but right. not the most efficiently. But if they're uh, – like this is a class where, you know, uh, there's there these two guys are six seven and six eight. If you can get some height, maybe these guys can go to a place where they can shoot a little bit more efficiently in the three four or two three spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're I think they're just a little too small this year. I, I would say they have a true point guard though, six point six assists per game, one right. steal. So that's that'll help keep them steady. Right, right, yeah, I would agree. Um, let's go ahead and move on to your team. So we have the Las Vegas Legends, uh, coached by you at a conference twenty nine. So you guys lost the one forty one thirty eight class. Uh, brought in the 117-118 class, and then you finished the year at 134, uh, but coming into the year starting uh, as the 95th ranked team. So tell me about your team. So we, we really rely on these freshmen here, you know, Gibbs and Balzer and McPeters. They're, they're, <laughs> they're knockout shooters when they're free, uh, but a defensive team usually can come in and stop them. You know, they're short guys, they're undersized, they're not particularly athletic. So if a guy comes up and plays defense on them, it kind of destroys their rhythm. Uh, if they were natural three-point shooters, well, yeah, McPeters kind of is, Balzer kind of is, but they don't like doing it for volume per se. So, boy, we just need to get a matchup where they can get loose and not be kind of smothered on the defensive end. Uh, up front, we lost those two big uh, – that was like plus 11 worth of front court. I know Battle oh, were undersized, but there was E's and G's littered all over their profile. Um, and, yeah. and we're just not going to have the same thing this year. Our, our center is going to be an E rebounder with P athleticism and P hands, I think. So we're really kind of cobbling together a starting lineup right now. Um, 
Again, yeah. Gibbs, yeah. Balzer, and McPeters, if they go for 60, we win a game. Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, I think you just take the underwear off and, and free Balzer. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think even if uh, a guy like, I mean, I know you were telling me that you were pretty disappointed in the uh, ratings for Jeffrey Cobb. Yeah. The the rookie guy, or the <laughs> freshman guy that you bring in, 6'9", had 5.3 assists, but only fair hands. Um, I mean, I, I, I have a guy like that who's literally plus two. He's 6'9", plus two. I was starting at Power Forward. He had my best plus minus last year. Yeah. And so I, I do think that Jeffrey Cobb is a workable guy. And so, and you guys at least have people above six, seven, you know, um, which is not true of a lot of teams in this region. And so I think you can do some damage in this region. Um, I'm not, I'm still not sure if, uh, you know, if you're going to be able to compete with St. Cloud or even the talent of Galveston, but I don't know. We'll talk about that at the end. Um, but you guys at least bring back efficient scoring. Um, and and some height, uh, which is not true of a lot of these teams. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, St. Louis. So St. Louis Iron Deacons coached by Decon uh, TN at a conference 16. So they gra- graduated a really good class in the 37-72, and then just bring in the 225-237 class. And then even with that 37-72 class, they finished the year as the 211th ranked team. So just couldn't put it together after – uh, making the NT team a couple of seasons ago. And then they come into the season ranked uh, 204th. And so what do you see here in St. Louis? Um, what do I see? You got to tell me. <laughs> uh, they have size, but he's not good at being a big man. That's Jack in his right. seven rebounds a game at six foot nine. Um, right, right. He, Look at their freshmen. One of them was a 60% true shooting percentage guy, low volume. That's Kenny McGee. And maybe he becomes the best player on the team here. Again, he low volume. He was only 14 points a game. But, uh, boy, I don't <laughs> They had, they had yeah. a six-foot even at small forward last year who just got tore up defensively just about every game. As a team, they gave up 55.5% right. true shooting. And that's against a bottom half strength of schedule, number 133. So, right. Ooh. Uh, not a lot to hang yeah. your hat on, and not no guys who kind of step up and do a thing consistently, and that's really what you need right. in these kind of games. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. They graduate three starters: yeah. uh, six two point guard, six one small or shooting guard, and uh, six seven power forward. Uh, and that's a majority of your scoring, and it wasn't even that efficient. And then, so I, I think that these freshmen, these three freshmen, are gonna all gonna start. Um, even if they wouldn't on a lot of teams. Um, and yeah, I, I just think like, even if you have just a, a guys with a few decent ratings, cause it's not like they're all 200 ranked classes. They're, they're in the mid one ones. Um, it, it just isn't pieced together and you're missing like pretty significant players, right? Like you're, you're in a, when you're starting a six foot small forward, who's minus 5.4 and, True shooting percentage of forty-seven percent, um, and you're inating a six-eight and a six-ten guy. They must be really bad, yeah. uh, and so I, I'm I'm actually confused why Gavin Rushford is in eight, even if his ratings are bad. He had three point one blocks per game in high school, uh, three point six offensive rebounds per game. Uh, so I actually think he's going to be pretty. He should be pretty decent. That, that uh, might be the best thing for them to put at center. You're right. 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 Yeah. I, I would start him even if he's like minus one. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Uh, he's six ten, you know. Um, so, but I think even in a bad uh, 
sort of region and with a bad schedule, I, I just don't see them having a lot of success here. Agreed. So, yep, yep. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to uh, the last team. I, I say this about every one of my conference mates, but uh, I'm biased and I'm not going to deny that or act like I'm not. <laughs> uh, I think Morgantown is a pretty underrated team. So Morgantown graduates the 169-163 class, then brings in the 110-53 class, which means they have a lot of top-end yeah. talent. Uh, and they finished the year 175th ranked team, and they won the DTT. Um, and then, but then they come in as the 233rd ranked team, which I'm looking at this. And I'm just like, there are, there are more teams that are worse than this team. You know what I mean? Uh, they have three pretty bad classes, but their freshmen, I think are, are not that bad. Um, they're not going to be like great world beaters, but they all might get a chance to start. And I think that there are not, this team is not better than just what 20, uh, three teams. So, what do you think? I agree. Though, in, uh, I, I agree. I think they have at least two scores. I don't know if Jonathan Will, their sh- shooting guard last year, makes the cut. I think maybe freshman uh, Ashton Lewis comes in and steals the job. Ashton yep. got 15 points a game on 55% true shooting last year, and he was also a decent little passer. So, putting Ashton Lewis in at shooting guard probably gives them an upgrade. But their point guard, even despite being 5'11, Christian Murdoch scored 16 points a game. And then they brought in a huge Sky Thorpe, a skyscraper, maybe. Right. Seven foot right. two, only ten rebounds a game, so he might actually have some real like fundamental issues in the post on on how he positions himself. But he's a money passer, five point two assists to point seven right. turnovers, and a dominating defender as he should be at his height with four right. blocks a game. So um, they're going to add some defense, which which was a struggle last year. Fifty four percent true shooting they gave up. That'll come down around fifty percent. They're going to add a better score to the lineup. They'll bring their scoring up a bit. I think you're right. I think they start moving towards the midpoint of the league, which puts them in contention in this group. Right, right. I mean, and you even look at – so they went 2-11 and 11 in our conference. They stole a couple of games. Um, but but then you look at their out-of-conference, they went 8-3. and three, oh, that's uh, awesome. Which is – yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you rattle off six in a row in uh, the DTT – um, like this team went, ended up being 10 and 14 on the 86 strength of schedule. Uh, when you look at teams who are like six and eight team, 18, like, uh, St. Louis was last year on the, uh, on the 133rd schedule. And then they just got worse. I mean, I think that this team can do some damage in this, uh, region and yeah, a seven, two guy skyscraper Thorpe, um, it, it's definitely going to help that, but, uh, let, let's not dwell on them too much. Let's just talk about a couple of players you have to watch in this group. Well, I, I love my guys, and I think Nolan Balzer is, is ready to step up again this year. I'm going to give him a little bit more mm-hmm. leeway. I think I think I'm going to put Aaron Wildy, the junior, in a point guard to be a little bit more of a facilitator with his defense. And I really want to give Balzer more more time, more touches uh, on the ball. So let's see what that does for him. I, I think he's going to be a star. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I mean, I really like Sky yeah. Thorpe. Um, I think that Frank Lamone uh, is a really good glue guy in here in uh, in St. Cloud, and then uh, Dawson Powell. Uh, honestly, I think you should just put him at point guard and let him yeah. rip, um, hitting almost fifty percent of his threes. I think is a really fun guy. And then Brian Davis, um, you know, a sixty percent true shooting yeah. guy on on nineteen points a game for Warsh, <laughs> whatever it is. Worcester, um, yeah, Worcester, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is the uh, is is another guy to watch. 
Um, so let, let's go and talk predictions. What do you foresee happening in this group? I, I So I do see – I'm so optimistic here just on my guard. So I see Las Vegas getting a top three slot. Uh, is that optimistic, mm-hmm. just being in the top half of something? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Morgantown making a run at it as well. But St. Cloud, geez, I, I really love St. Cloud. And, and I think if they figure out something at point guard, even, even just mm-hmm. at league average at point guard, then – then they're a winning team and they might even run away with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm leaning. Okay. So down to four out of the six teams, I think you can take away St. Louis and uh, maybe, maybe Worcester. Worcester. Perfect. You said Uh, Worcester. I love it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that Morgantown has some of, uh, has a decent shot. uh, With Skythorpe manning the five. I think Galveston has the talent. If he can figure it out. Uh, and then I think that you and uh, St. Cloud have enough returning talent and returning scoring out of your guards mm-hmm. that you can figure it out. And so, um, yeah, I'm between. So I'm down to you and St. Cloud. I, I'm going to lean St. Cloud here, but I would not be surprised if you guys. I'm just out. worried about our center position and the fact that sure. St. Cloud and Morgantown are both bringing in guys that they can really stick in and down at the post. And we can't do anything about that. And, and we got to face both of those guys. So that's that's our challenge. Yeah, yeah, and you guys don't shoot a lot of threes, mm-hmm. and so that might be an issue where Skythorpe is uh, covering the bottom for you guys. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he, he did have two and a half fouls per game, which is actually not too bad for a big. Um, but I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to play out. So once again, one team makes it out of this group, uh, and no one has the chance to be uh, an at-large big right. here. So, yeah, I, I think it's down to you or St. Cloud unless Galveston can piece it together. Right. So great. Well, that will wrap up um, this uh, Nichols group right here. So check out the boards uh, upcoming. JD and I will be talking about a couple, uh, three of our groups along with the defending champ G money uh, is going to talk about that. And I'm sure we're going to get into how he's feeling and what he did to uh, win that championship. So thanks again, Jesse. And we will. Uh, great time as always, Jim. Bye. Yep. All right.